Hail you nostalgic weather mistresses. Welcome to 90210 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning and I've seen them all. Our show is brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include Previously on X-Men, This Endorian Life, and 90s Music Got Me Like. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Here We Go Pod. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. Today we're discussing Beverly Hills 90210 Season 7, Episode 17, Face Off. And unlike the recent Flash movie, there is no Nicolas Cage at all. None. <laughs> Tori Spelling was channeling someone. Surely that, it was Nicolas Cage in Face Off. That's true. She had that <laughs> I, energy. <maybe. laughs> I think Nicolas Cage in Face Off would have been like, you might want to dial it back a little bit, Tori. Uh, you're, you're milking it. You're it's too much. This. It's too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's tune in to CUTV. This year, you can replay each day at 5 right here on your very own news network, CUTV. This episode originally aired on January 29th, 1997. One birthday, January 31st, Jessica Walter, who played Tabitha Wilson in the CW years, turned 56. I love Jessica Walter. Sure. She's the, well, she's the mom in Arrested Development. She's Lucille. Blue. Oh, yes. Of so course. good. Of also, course. Mallory and Archer. There's a lot of... <laughs> lot of like I feel like her career peaked very late in life, which is cool. It doesn't happen all that often. Yeah. Movies, January thirty first. Meet Wally Sparks with Rodney Dangerfield. I always my go to Rodney Dangerfield impression is just from Aladdin. It's just Robin Williams as Genie pretending to be Rodney Dangerfield being like, I can't believe it. I'm losing to a rug. You know that part? <laughs> That's what I always think of, but it's not a true Rodney Dangerfield. Right, yeah. I, I've i never actually seen anything with Rodney Nothing. Dangerfield. No. I just know who he is, but yeah. yeah. Well, he, he, he can't get no respect. That's what you gotta know. Yeah, and that and that's all I know, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, January, also January 31st, Star Wars A New Hope Special Edition. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I was, I was like just, just 14 when these came out, and the line on these things was like crazy. Like going to the theater, you had to like get in these big lineup queues. And I don't think I'd ever experienced anything like that. And this was like a huge deal. So it was this, back in theaters. It was back in theaters. And it's, um, it's the special editions that put back in, I think the special editions that put back in that Han Solo scene where he, with the, with Jabba the Hutt, where he walks okay. around him and has to like, they had to, uh. you know, and you see a little flash of Boba Fett, which he was never in a new hope. So it was like a, it was a huge deal. They really just priming keep the pump adding thing. and messing with the original. It's just, I know. it's funny. I don't really care for the special edition. Like the stuff that's added in these, I have the DVDs that have the original cut on mm. it. And that's whenever we rewatch, I always watch that. Cause I just don't care for the extras. <laughs> All right. We also got Christopher Guest waiting for Guffman. I haven't seen any of these movies. <gasps> like best Nick. show. Like I have not seen. any. Oh of them. my goodness. They're so good. Oh, Actually sorry. waiting for Guffman is probably my least favorite of the ones yeah. that I've, I think I've seen them all now at, the, at least all of the, the big ones. Best in show is hilarious. My favorite is a mighty wind. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, It's so, so funny. 
I mean, um, I like every actor who's in that, so yeah. I'm sure that I would like them. I just, I never have. Well, I I would say go for it. Just channel that uh, Fast and Furious energy that you had a few <laughs> weeks ago and go yeah. into the Christopher Guest Get movies. Into it. Yeah. <laughs> TV, January 26th, Fox aired the Super Bowl for the first time. It was Packers versus Patriots, and the Packers won 35-21. to 21. Yowzer. Well, that explains why we had so much Super Bowl promo in the last episode. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this was like Fox's foray into uh, We have the Super Bowl. Bowl. So. Music. February 3rd, David Bowie released his 21st album, Earthling. He then embarked on the Earthling tour with 83 shows across three continents. That's David Bowie. Good pretty good run yeah did you see that david bowie documentary that came out last year uh, i've it called? seen moon, labyrinth moon, moon age daydream i think is what no, it was called i know what you mean i've seen, I seen labyrinth <laughs> i haven't seen labyrinth actually oh okay. um we saw the documentary in theaters it's a very good documentary but it's one of those documentaries that's very like conceptual just oh. like lots of like random images with random sounds kind of thing. I mean, that seems on brand. Yeah, it's very on brand. It's not my kind of documentary. um, Okay. But, you know, my husband was very, very excited to go see it. So February 4th, Tony Bennett released the album Tony Bennett on Holiday, which was a tribute to Billie Holiday. The album would go on to win Bennett his fifth Grammy Award, this time for Best Traditional Pop Vocal. And as of recording, uh, we just heard that Tony Bennett passed away. He passed away at the age of 96 on July 21st, 2023. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was sad to hear that. I mean, it's I was a, sad just too. Feels, feels like the end of an era, you know, like yeah. he was the last of like, you know, I mean, he goes back to like Nat King Cole, you know, Frank Sinatra, like he was sort of the last of the classic crooners. You know, and still, you know, up up until the last five years or so, going strong with those Lady Gaga albums. Yeah, and, it seemed uh, like no one ever had anything bad to say about him. Yeah. Unless yeah. I just haven't heard. But, um, yeah, it was it was kind of a it was a sad thing. There A few years back, uh, right as he was like on the tail end of his touring, he was doing a Christmas show in Buffalo and we were going to go and the weather was just like awful Ugh. and finally we were just like we can't go to that part of buffalo like in december and we didn't go but it was like you know that was like the one and only chance so i do regret that <laughs> video games january 31st final fantasy 7 was released on playstation it would go on to win game of the year and is often cited as one of the greatest games of all time i will have to check in with my wife about that because i know nothing about final fantasy kendra i I know some because of okay. my husband, and I know yeah. Final Fantasy VII is is it's the big one. It's Chef's kiss. Yeah, Mwah! Okay. the one that everyone <laughs> <laughs> alludes to is Final Fantasy VII. So I yeah. tried playing Final Fantasy. Um, JRPGs just aren't. I just think they're not my my speed all Same. the time. It's a lot of Same. reading, yeah. a lot of just sitting and watching. I so. can't tell you how many times I've tried and started and been like no i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna like it and i don't <laughs> yeah i just don't so i don't know why i do it to myself yeah well all right nick take us beyond the zip code kendra another one seen in the wild 
in 2023, Josh Zuckerman, who we were just talking about because he was in Fatal Attraction. Yes. Josh Zuckerman, who played Max in the CW years, popped up in Christopher Nolan's epic Oppenheimer. In the film, he plays Rossi Lominitz, one of Dr. Oppenheimer's first students at Berkeley. Oh, yeah, he's pretty decent. You know, I, I, when that guy popped up, I was like, who is this? He's, he looks so familiar and I don't, I haven't seen the CW years, but yeah, interesting. Yeah. He's around, but you know, he's got a, it's a pretty prominent role because when Oppenheimer first goes in, he's the only student and he's kind of there throughout. So I was like, good for you. Yeah. 90210 alum. There were a lot of people in that movie. When Josh Hartnett showed up in that movie, I was like, where? (laughs) Where did they find Josh Hartnett? That was crazy. Where's he been? He was uh, he was making up for when he turned Nolan down for playing Batman That's all right. those years ago. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was though. Like I loved the movie, by the way. It was really good. Really, really good, really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jack Quaid was in it. There were just like Jack so Quaid. many random people Jack in it. Jack Quaid. Yep. Yeah. Rami Malek. You yeah. Know? <laughs> it was like, oh, it's Rami Malek. And then, of course, it comes into play. But yeah. yeah. I thought Rami Malek wasn't going to talk the whole movie. <laughs> no, I was like, wow, they just got him in here for like a non-speaking background role. <laughs> They're Weird. like, what actor can we get whose face you will never be able to forget? You know what? <laughs> Call up Rami Malek. <laughs> <sighs> so funny. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's look at our synopsis for Face Off. Again, I just want to make it clear. This is not the movie with Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. No, it's not. We wish it it was. It suffers for it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So here's the synopsis from Paramount Plus. Donna's request for a permanent restraining order against Slan is denied. He shows up in a classroom and tries to tell her something, but she runs out. David and Tom confront Slan, who claims he was trying to warn Donna about her stalker. Lots <sighs> of other things happen. Yes, so many, but, but we'll, 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 yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. All right, Nick. Now, who's living in Beverly Hills? Today's episode was directed by Chip Chalmers and written by Lori McCarthy. Returning players include Kame Pacoy as Tom Miller, J. Trevor Edmond as Evan, and Brian Donovan as Rusty. Final appearance of David Bowe as Garrett and James Martin Jr. here is playing a security guard. We saw him way earlier as uh, somebody else, a different, I think he was like a banker or something in a season one episode. But (laughs) he was also in Jaws 4, The Revenge. So if you're still in the shark zone, you can go watch Jaws 4, which is better than Jaws 2. (laughs) New recurring players include Natalia Sigliuti as Chloe Davis. She's going to be here for a couple episodes, and then she's going to pop back up in the CW years as Elena Burns. She is best known for playing Lindsay Warner in Saved by the Bell, the new class. Huh? <laughs> All right. What about that? Nice. Other cast members, we have Cam Nelias himself. He's a hockey player. He played for the Canucks and the Boston Bruins. He also played Seabass in Dumb and Dumber and Dumb and Dumber 2. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ron Duguay as himself played for the New York Rangers, the Detroit Red Wings, and several others. So we got a couple of legit hockey players here. Mm-hmm. Jesse Goins is here as Judge Sam Rita. He's best known as playing Siler Johnson in The Greatest American Hero. That was kind of a fun show. Did you ever watch that? No. Like 70s superhero show where he gets a suit and the suit gives him powers. We have Basil Wallace as Donna's lawyer. He appeared on NCIS, Los Angeles, CSI, and Quantum Leap. You always got to mention Quantum Leap. Always. Quantum Leap, you need to mention it. Finally, Louis Dauber as Mr. Barnett, who I assume is the landlord. Yes. One and done done with the landlord. But he popped back up as a minister on Melrose Place and did episodes of New Girl, Lethal Weapon, and lots of other things. 
Cool. All right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Let's get into it. We start at the Peach Pit after dark. David is there, but he's heading out to see Donna. And as he's heading out, he runs into Chloe Davis, who knows who he is and very enthusiastically is like wanting him to listen to her music. Yeah. So he says, drop off a demo tape. I'd be happy to listen to it. And she's very happy to hear this. Now, were you like, red alert, red alert, yes, red alert? Yes, immediately. <laughs> okay. Immediately. Just wondering. <laughs> um, Tom and Val are still at the club, and they're all kissy with each other yeah. still. I guess. I don't understand their relationship. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And we learn that Tom is going to be playing in a charity hockey game with Brandon, and Val is hoping that they will like kind of bury the, the hatchet playing this game together because yeah, I, Brandon doesn't I, like him for some reason. Right, we don't really yeah. know why. <laughs> no, we haven't really been given a reason. So Tom has kind of reached the end of his rope with Val when it comes to just like fooling around. He's like, yeah. you know, you want me, you don't want, you only want me when you want me. And it doesn't work that way. Yeah. He, he's, he wants a commitment, I guess which Val is, is not quite ready to give, it seems. Yep. At Kelly, Donna Claire's, Donna is up in the middle of the night. She's, like, locking down the house. Kelly comes down or comes out to, like, try and calm her down and, you know, reminds her that even though Slan is out, he there's a restraining order that she got. It's, like, a temporary restraining order. Right. So he's not allowed to come near her. And but she Donna is like looking out the window and convinced that he's out there watching her. I get I I get it. I I'd be yeah. freaked out too. I'd be Absolutely. super freaked out. Absolutely. I'm kind of surprised they wouldn't just keep a restraining order in place given their history. But I I agree. I feel like there's no reason yeah. not to have a restraining order. Yeah. They're like, give me one reason why we shouldn't trust <laughs> this guy around Donna. <laughs> After the intro, we go to the Walsh house. Um, Tracy stayed over. Oh. They're uh, they're like, you know, staying at each other's places now. Yeah, and Brandon is up early to go to hockey practice. And Tracy kind of feels weird. Like, she doesn't want to see Steve. And, like, it's her first time staying over. And Brandon's like, they love you. It's fine. Like, don't worry about it. So he goes to hockey practice and we get like some banter between him and Tom and mm-hmm, being competitive mm-hmm. with each other. Steve drops by to drop off some notes for Brandon from Poli Sci. I don't know why. I guess he missed the class. And I he also so. he mentions that he saw Tracy in the morning and yeah. that it went it went fine. So that's interesting good. that uh, Brandon now trusts Steve with his homework. But yeah, I know. I would fine. I um, wouldn't trust Steve to to no. look at any of my notes. Uh-uh. At Kelly Donna Claire's, Donna's on the phone with her parents, trying to reassure them that she's fine, tell them not to cut their vacation short, like stay in Europe, have a good time. Maybe cut your vacation short. Yeah. Maybe consider it. She, yeah. Pretty serious. Probably. All right. You know, she tells them she's had no contact from anyone since the restraining order was put in, and they're hoping that they'll get the permanent one today and that it'll be fine. David is there and, you know, also trying to reassure her. He's like, you know, I don't think Slan is is ready to go back to jail. Like, I think, yeah, I think he's going to stay away from you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
at the Walsh house, I just wrote, Val heard the alarm. Yeah. Oh, the alarm in the morning. She heard Brandon's alarm and she heard some other stuff. Yeah, she heard some other things coming from Brandon's room. (laughs) Sexual things. Just in case Valerie was too subtle. Yeah. So she's talking to Tracy about this. And Tracy says, you know, she has a good feeling about her and Brandon. Of course. Yeah. What a smooth sailing (laughs) this relationship has had so far. Val thinks, you know, she points out, like, clearly you're in love with him. Um, but do not tell Brandon that you're in love. Do not say I love you first. Yeah. You got to yeah. wait until well, he I'm says sure it. Tracy will follow that advice. Yeah. I'm sure she'll take it to heart and do yep. that. Yep. At the Peach Pit, Steve meets up with Kelly and Claire. And they're talking about, I don't know what they're talking about, but Tom's name comes up and Kelly kind of perks up at the mention yeah. of Tom. Yeah. Because um, she's kind of kind of getting into Tom. She's That's She's true. interested in him. She's team Tom. Claire proposes to Steve that they house sit for a professor who's going out of town. So it'd be just the two of them at this like bungalow and taking care of this house, like being mm-hmm. adults together. And so Steve agrees that that would be fun. Cute. Nat has a, the, the tape Chloe's, demo yeah, tape demo. Yeah, yeah. for David and Kelly says oh I'll deliver it because if you remember Tom is now living with David right at that house I totally Once, forgot that yeah Mark um, was turned into a cloud of smoke and just yeah <laughs> evaporated is that right yeah he just, okay he's gone so Kelly is like oh I'll deliver it so that she can mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. run into Tom yeah have a meet cute at the Peach Pit After Dark, Kelly, uh, this is outside the Peach Pit After Dark. Kelly and Valerie kind of pass each other on their way. She, Val's on her way in. Kelly's on her way to her car. And Valerie, like, parked within centimeters of, <laughs> of yeah. Kelly's car. Yeah. So Kelly's very annoyed with that. And they kind of have, like, you know, a little Valerie throws it, it was... in Kelly's face that she heard yeah. Brandon and Tracy. Yeah. Um, and that Brandon's not sleeping much. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. I like. I mean, it was just old school chaos. Valerie, it was. And I liked it. She was just like, I'm just gonna mix some stuff up. Bye. <laughs> okay, we go to the judge's office. Is this how it works in real life? You have to sit in a room with the person you're trying to get a restraining order I don't against. No. Because that know. seems traumatic. It does. Yeah. So in the room, it's David and Donna on one side, and they're, I think Attorney. they have a lawyer yeah, there, and then Slan and his lawyer. And they're taught, the Slan's lawyer is saying, you know, he suffered enough. He went to jail. He, there's no reason for this restraining order. And the judge is inclined to agree. He says, yeah. you know, he understands why Donna is upset, but he doesn't have enough here to grant a permanent restraining order. It's just insane. It's yeah. just insane. Like it's it, everything like I know it's circumstantial, but the timing and everything, the way it lands, I just don't think that would happen. I really don't. I agree. And I want to shout out this actor playing the judge because I thought yeah. he was great. He had a line where he said if he comes, you know, if he does anything to Donna, I will throw the book at you and I will not miss. And I was like, yeah. I believe him. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you buy it. Jesse Goins, everyone. Yeah. So um, David and Donna 
as they're exiting the room, David like leans in to Slan and is like, you stay away from her or I will, I'll kill you is what yeah. he says. To yeah. And then as they're leaving, Slan like turns and looks at them and like smiles at yeah, Donna. It's a little menacing like Joker smile. To yeah. Donna. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Back at the Walsh house. Oh no, this is not the Walsh house. This is where David and Tom live. Um, well, I don't know. We don't have a name for this house. David's house. Yeah. What should we call it? Know. The Hollywood Hills house, I think. The, the Hollywood Hills house. Yeah. Remember Donna and that deer? Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it was great. So Kelly comes to drop off the tape, and Tom is, like, in sweats, and he's on his way to the pool, he says, to yeah. do some exercise in the pool. Ask Kelly yeah. if she wants to stay, but she declines. Um, He also, she, she mentions something about him and Valerie and... He points out that they are not together. Right. She says that she was on her way to the movie, so why doesn't he just come with her? And he agrees, so they're going to go to yeah. a movie together. There was a lot of good continuity here, because earlier in the Peach Pit, they're like, oh, you just want to go since Tom lives there. And she's like, no, I can go now that Mark is gone, because I left a bunch of stuff there. Oh, and here, right. Here, Tom is like, let's go swimming, because your bathing suit is still hanging in the bathroom. You know? <laughs> Yeah, so, it was yeah, right there. Of, yeah, a lot of nice little little connections. Do you think they went to see Star Wars A New Hope Special Edition? Maybe. Maybe. Either that or that Rodney Dangerfield movie. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So then we go to this professor's house where Steve and Claire are going to be house-sitting. And it's, like, huge and gorgeous. And it's, like, great views. And they're just, like, smitten with this house. Yeah. There's also, like, a garden so they can just, like, go pick fresh vegetables from the garden to eat and they're they're excited to to have this evening alone in this big yeah. house yeah back at the peach pit tom and kelly they went to a bad movie so i don't know what bad movie they went to see but probably that rodney dangerfield they enjoyed making fun of this movie together so now they're at the peach pit getting food and valerie walks in and sees them together and she comes over and tells Tom, like, I need you to come fix something right now. So he follows her over to the Peach Pit After Dark. And she says, you know, how could you? You know, I hate Kelly. She's just using you. And Tom says, you know, I'm not good enough for you. Now I'm not even good enough for your worst enemy. Like, this isn't fair. Yeah. I mean, I, I do hate that Kelly's doing this because I feel like there's no reason you know what I mean? Like Yeah, other than... Yeah, other than just being kind of petty. But they do have great chemistry. Yeah, that's true. I still so, don't like him, but... No, I don't like him either. But, like, I was watching it, and I was like, I hate this. But I don't hate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Back on campus, Donna is telling David, I believe, that she is not going to do the weather anymore. She's just going to step down, not be on TV. And she, like, you know, sees other women getting to walk around and not be afraid. And she is jealous that they don't have to have this fear. David tells her, you know, be patient. It, you know, you'll get there. You'll be okay <laughs> eventually. So Donna goes to this classroom where she's supposed to have class, I guess, but she's the only one in the room. Just her. Yeah. She's alone in this room. There's no professor, no other students, no anything. And she sits down to wait. And as she's sitting there, Slan walks into the room. Yeah. She, you know, freaks out and yes. is yelling at him to go away. And he is trying to 
it seems like he's honestly trying to talk to her and be like, I know information about your stalker and yeah. you need to be whatever. But yeah, she- which is crazy. I mean, I don't know. He could never think that this would work. Like, that's not a normal. You know. Yeah. That cornering her by herself, like not yeah. the way to do it. I feel like he should have just told her in front of the judge if he had information, right. but right. Yeah. but whatever. So Donna runs out of the room and finds David down at the student union and is just like crying. And oh my gosh. I know it's, it's, it's tough bad. because like the reactions make sense, but her acting is just, it's rough. <laughs> it's just not up to the challenge. I was watching this thinking that she and Tara Reid must have gone to the same acting coach because yeah. It's rough. Yeah. On the other hand, it's the first time we've seen a classroom since season four. So <laughs> that's you know. true. That's it, true. Donna was a lot in this episode. It really was. It was a lot. Bad. It was just bad. And they, they're not pivoting at all. They're not like, okay, well, Tori can't really do that kind. So maybe we sort of like, no, they just like say, you know what? Whatever you got in the tank, Tor, let it yeah. out. Yeah. Let it out. <laughs> Chew all the scenery. That's right. Over at CUTV, Rusty, our good old pervy friend Pervert, Rusty, Pervert, yeah. yeah, is asking about Donna and what's going on with her. And Tracy and Brandon kind of, you know, tell him, yeah, she's she stepped down, but she's she's doing okay, I guess. So then Tracy is walking away from Brandon, and she accidentally says, like, okay, love you, yeah. and realizes instantly what she's done and Brandon just shuts down and like almost angrily shuts down. He has no reply Mm -mm. to I love Mm -mm. you. Nope. He can't like, he had to have seen this coming at some, like this is obviously where they're headed. Yeah. I don't know why he seems so like upset about it. Because he's not into her. Like he just, (laughs) That has to be it. He's not into this relationship. And the only reason why they next leveled it was because he had a rival found on the farm, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But I just feel like he's being disingenuous and sort of taking advantage of her. But she also knows that he's not that into her. Yeah. And it's just being like thirsty AF. Yeah. Just pump the brakes. Yeah. Because even in this scene, I had trouble believing that she didn't mean to say it. Mean to say it. Yeah. Because she's like, I didn't mean that. She was like, well, no, I did mean it. I just didn't mean to say it right now. And it's like, all right. Okay. <laughs> all right. It feels a little bit like entrapment, but, you know. <laughs> this isn't entrapment. This is face-off. Oh, that's right. That's right. Man, I love the entrapment. <laughs> Sean Connery, Catherine Zeta-Jones, heist movie. Have you seen it? No, just the one scene so <laughs> that Great. everybody oh, has she, seen. When she's going through the threat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's classic. <laughs> all right. David and Tom are now taking it upon themselves to go after Slan and, like, make sure that he doesn't go near Donna. So they find his house. And I don't really know what – I guess David's plan is just to scare him. Scare him off, I guess. Yeah. So he goes to the door and Slan opens it, tries to shut David out. But David, like, pushes the door open, tells him, you know, not to mess with Donna and Slan says, someone is after her. She's in danger. But right. da- but David's not listening. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of get into it. And then immediately the cops are there. Yeah. And we learn that the cops were watching him. Yep. 
But David has now messed that up because he went in and and did this. Yep. I don't understand where they're going with like Slan. No, like, is he just does he know how stalkers work or does he know who the stalker is? I, I think the implication is just he's like, yeah, this is my wheelhouse. And if this is what you're experiencing, you're in trouble and it isn't me. Yeah. So but I don't really feel like he's the way he looked at her in the courtroom and everything. I like, know. They're not. They're not making a strong case for him being altruistic. So I don't really get what they're doing with him. But Well, he also says in this scene, as the cops are like holding him back, that he's leaving town and that he's done. So yeah. he's kind of like, yeah. you know, deal with it yourselves. Back at the professor's house, Claire and Steve are eating a fancy dinner by candlelight at this big table and... They love this house and they love being like adults in this house. And Claire says, well, the professor is actually going on sabbatical. So they could live in this house for months together and just like, you know, have this be their lives living in this house together. together. Yeah. Um, Basically. Yeah. Basically like moving in together. I Um, feel like I was hypnotized to forget this Claire Steve plot because I know that it happened. (laughs) It's like, it's just gone. It's just gone from my mind. It was so boring. But Yeah, okay. yeah. Back at the Walsh house, Valerie is eating some ice cream and talking with <laughs> talking with Brandon about the hockey yeah. game. Yeah. Um, he and Tom are now on opposite teams, by the way. Ooh, so I wonder what will happen there. I don't know. Valerie tells Brandon about Kelly and Tom and like how she doesn't like what Kelly is doing. And Brandon kind of comes to Tom's defense, like yeah, yeah. a little bit, which upsets yeah. Valerie. Yeah. Um, And Valerie's point is like, you can't just be friends with, with a woman. Like it doesn't yeah. work like that. You, yeah. it's going to lead to more. Yeah. Back at Kelly Donna Claire's, the power goes out in the night and Donna immediately, it's like, it's like she was, she's been planning what she would do because she runs to the kitchen, grabs a knife. Then she runs to Kelly's room and grabs Kelly and says like, we need to get out of here. Mm -hmm. And so she drags Kelly outside and they run into their landlord who says the electricity is on the fritz. Sorry about that. We're working to get it fixed. And, you know, so false alarm. False alarm. And Kelly takes her back inside and is like, I'm going to, you know, draw you a bath. We're going to get you to relax. And then I'm going to like sit next to you till you fall asleep. Yeah. Again, it just feels like no one is really (laughs) being as like, they all are treating her like she's being, and she, I mean, she is going crazy, yeah. but it's like for a good reason. It's right. a legitimate reason. Right. Yeah. And they're well, all kind of acting like, oh, here she goes. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, you have the initial trauma, which is real. And then like this new stuff is kind of triggering it and making the reactions way over the top. The music in all these Donna scenes is if they took cocaine and turned it into music. Yeah. It is. It goes so hard. It's, <laughs> It's next level. Yeah, it is. I would maybe just sleep with the knife next to you. 
So that you don't have to run to the idea. kitchen to get that the knife. That doesn't seem like a good idea. <laughs> Sleeping with a giant knife? No way. We sleep with a baseball bat next to our bed. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> we you always roll... have. Eric's always had this baseball bat, and we just leave it next to the bed. Okay. I'm just saying, if you roll on a baseball bat, you're probably okay. If you roll over on a giant butcher knife in the night... <laughs> You That's true. Yourself. Well, maybe put you it in like the drawer bed. next to the bed, not like okay. literally on the pillow next to you. Yeah. <laughs> At the Walsh house, we get a scene between Brandon and Tracy. Brandon calls to say goodnight to her. And it's just very awkward. And he again says, you know, he just he needs time. He yeah. he's not there yet. Yeah. So that's really a bummer has... for for Tracy. He just has no good play here because he should never have let, let it got as far as it's gotten. Mm-hmm. He should never have slept with her. And now we've dropped this I love you. He, like, it would be a jerk move, but he needs to just end it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because he's never going to come around. At least that's how it seems. I, he's never given me any indication that, like, yeah, Brandon's into this. but reluctant. Maybe he's, no. he's afraid farm boy is going to come for him in the <laughs> that's night. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Back at Kelly Donna Claire's, after her bath, her relaxing bath, Donna goes to get in bed and there is a dead rat underneath her covers in her bed. Which, again, Kelly acts like coincidence. Yeah. Sometimes you just have a dead rat in your bed. Classic dead beach rat. We've all been there. (laughs) Next day at the hockey game, Tracy and Valerie are both there in the stands watching. We also meet real-life hockey players, Cam and Ron. That's right. Um, I wasn't sure at first, but then I assumed they were real hockey players. It's always so evident when a (laughs) non-actor enters the scene. That is no question. But they, I mean, they were fine. It's just like, it's crazy how you just automatically know. Like, remember that time we were watching a movie and I was like, I think this girl is a model. And it turns out she was. Yep, yep. Not an actress, a model. Yeah. It's like they forget how to say words in their everyday life. Yeah. You know, they're like, hello. <laughs> it sure is a hot one today. Yep. Out there. That movie was crazy. Remember how it turned out she was like from a family of clowns and so then they all dressed as clowns at the end? Oh, yeah. Do you know Isn't what movie Tom... I'm talking about? Isn't that Tom Selleck movie? Yes. Yeah, that was nuts. That was a that crazy, was crazy movie. What a crazy movie. It was movie. really crazy. I forget what it was called. I think that was called Her Alibi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so funny. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. So stupid. So Tracy ends up telling Valerie what happened, that she let it slip, that she loves Brandon. And Tracy's like, oh, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. So Evan of Rusty and Evan from right. CUTV. Okay, yeah, from CUTV. Okay. <laughs> joins Valerie and Tracy and he asks, "Oh, is anyone else from the station here? Is Donna here?" <sighs> so they're still keeping up this like, yeah. "Who is it?" Yeah. "Who is the stalker?" Brandon meets Ron and Cam. He's very excited to meet them both. And Valerie also immediately knows who they are because when you live in Buffalo, you just know hockey players. You know everything hockey related. Yep. It's that's a thing. I feel like Jason Priestley was like, look, I don't care what else happens. Get footage of me ice skating because I can do it. And I want people to know. Yeah. Brandon sees Tom waving at Kelly. And so he kind of takes her aside or takes Brandon takes Tom aside and says, you know, 
maybe don't mess around with Kelly if you're not yeah. don't don't hurt Kelly basically right, right and Tom is like you know I'm gonna do what I want and so he goes over and like calls Kelly over and they have like a pregame flirt and then he <laughs> wants a kiss for luck and she kisses him on the lips right on the lips right but people on in the this show always kiss each other on the lips yeah, but this was a romantic kiss on the lips. I'm pretty sure Andre a French kiss now, <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah, so as like Valerie and Brandon and Tracy are watching, and it's just like everyone knows that Brandon's upset and Valerie's upset. It's a whole thing. Yep. So the game begins, or the match, hockey match. I don't know what you call it. And, <laughs> and very quickly, Tom knocks Brandon over and so Brandon like chases him down and trips him with his hockey stick and Brandon gets um, put in the penalty box this is called toxic masculinity it is go see the Barbie movie Brandon yeah Brandon gal (laughs) back at the professor's house Steve and Claire are both kind of having second thoughts about this whole living together thing yep they're yep. like, this is moving fast. Like, are we wanting to get married? Um, and Steve's kind of wondering, like, what's the point of being together if we don't have a future? But they they both kind of decide, like, let's pump the brakes. There's no rush. It's, you know, we're, we're together. We love being together. Let's just see where it goes. Yeah, we've been we've been down this road so many times with them. I don't know why we're doing it again. But yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Back at the hockey game, the uh, Tom's team scores a goal while Brandon is in the penalty box. And mm-hmm. everyone's like very confused about what just happened. And Valerie kind of asks, you know, like Tracy and Kelly, like, was that a like, what was that? Mm-hmm. Um, she also tells Kelly to stay away from Tom. She says he's not available. And Kelly's like, he seems pretty available to me. <laughs> So Brandon gets back in the game finally, makes a quick score uh, as soon as he's back on the ice. Cam tells him to keep it clean, and Brandon says, that's funny coming from you, which I assume is a joke about Cam's career as a hockey player. You know hockey stuff, that really kills. Yeah. (laughs) At the Peach Pit After Dark, David and Donna are listening to Chloe's demo. Mm Mm-hmm. And they both agree that it's, you know, good stuff. The phone rings and Donna goes to answer it. And she's, I forget who she's talking to, but while she's talking on the phone, Slan shows up. Mm-hmm. And um, David is immediately there. And he says, you know, I tried, Slan says, I tried like making it up to you by helping you with your current situation. Right. Um, but then he says, too bad I didn't finish what I started. Yeah. So, like, what is his... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What's he trying to do? I wish I could tell you. So then Slan punches David in the face. Yeah. Or, no. Yes, Slan does yeah, punch he David. Does. He does. Um, and David's like, well, now you're done. That's it. So I think Slan was doing it on purpose so that she could get the restraining order against him. Like, in this last scene, not the rest of the the thing, I think he wanted, I think he punched David so that they could get the restraining order and he could just be out. 
but of the why? whole thing. Why I don't know. Just, why doesn't he just be out of the whole thing then if that's what he wants? I don't know. Okay. But it seemed like it seemed I don't know. I, I don't, don't know, know why he punches David. I mean it's obviously this is an unstable person, so I guess just whatever. But yeah, yeah it's weird. Back at the hockey game, Brandon's team wins eight to four. Tom okay. and Brandon have a little all is forgiven moment where they both apologize. Uh, yeah. And Tom says, you know, if you have a problem with me seeing Kelly, just like say the word and I'll stop. But Brandon's like, no. Yeah. Which you're good. I mean, that's why does he have any loyalty to Brandon? I don't I know. know why he said that at all, but I don't either. Okay. Tracy asked Brandon, you know, what, what happened out there? Mm-hmm. She suggested that maybe he's envious of Tom getting to be with Kelly Seems like maybe that's true. So Brandon says, you know, I'm sick of being careful. And so he whispers in Tracy's ear and we don't hear what he says, but we assume he says, I love you. I guess. To her. He doesn't. He doesn't, everyone. But that's probably (laughs) what he said. Back at the judge's office, the judge grants the permanent restraining order. And this this is actually where Slan says he's leaving town. My problems are over, but yours are just starting. Oh. At Kelly Donna Claire's, this is the last like little scene. Nobody's there, but we hear someone leaving a message on their phone. And it's that same it's caller, creep. mystery yep. caller, leaving another creepy message of like, I, you're mine and I'm coming to get you stuff. And we see someone watching her weather segment on the TV. Mm -hmm. Um, And we also see the CUTV sweatshirt, which I believe Rusty was wearing earlier in the episode. Oh. I believe. Okay. Again, I don't know. That could be another just trying to throw us off, but I'm almost positive it was Rusty wearing that same CUTV sweatshirt. Yeah. Um, Maybe. So, yeah, that's the end of the episode. Okay. All right, Kendra, what's your 90210 snap? Oh, boy. Um, I think I will give it to when Slan corners her in the classroom by herself. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, I think I'm going to give it to David being like, I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll kill you. I think that's the one I'm going to give it to. Verdict? You know, um, there's a lot of me just being like, what are we doing? What are, yeah. what are what are Steve and Claire doing? What are got some wheel spinning? Yeah, Kelly and Tom, like whatever. I I don't know. I it's it's uh, intense. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah. but yeah, I just I don't quite know what we're doing. <laughs> I'm just so over this. Donna is a victim. Yeah. We've been saying that for how many seasons now? I mean, yeah, we had the original thing with Slan, which was awful. We had, like, years of the stuff with Ray. And now, like, you know, we've got this huge long arc. It's just like we've done this so many times, Mm -hmm. you know? I just, I I just, yeah, I don't like that at all. I don't really understand the whole, like, Tom, Valerie, Kelly. I mean, I guess that's just intrigue. I mean, that's, I think that would be sort of fine in a vacuum. But I just don't feel like there's a really strong portion of the story that's anchoring anything yeah you know mm-hmm. and brandon Claire, and tracy i'm just like i'm so over it <laughs> hate it it's let's like, move Steve on Claire, 
much like the Donna thing, have just been locked in this what's the nature of our relationship thing mm-hmm. for like since they've been together. Basically, that's been the primary yeah. plot that they're trapped in. So I feel like yeah. we're going to get another season where at the very end, Brandon parts ways with a girl that he's been dating all season long, which again, yeah. we've, we've already done that. So it's so funny. Like, I know I've touched on this before, but like watching this the first time I was so invested in a Brandon Kelly, like coupling and then like a Brandon <laughs> Kelly reunion. And this time I'm just like, you guys just need to move on with your life. You know, like just, there's so many other fish in the sea. Just stop. Just stop. So I don't know. And I don't really feel like they're doing a good job of stringing that along. Like every Mm -hmm. once in a while we see a little bit, but it was like, was it last season where Kelly was like, I'm still in love with you. Yeah. When is it going to be our time? And then it's just like, nothing, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I don't know. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll see. At least Colin's gone. At least. Thank goodness. Thank Thank goodness. goodness. All right. Well, Kendra, you can join us here next time with Season 7, Episode 18. We interrupt this program. Until then, you can catch me every other week on But Have You Tried from the David A. Howe Public Library. We're just about to talk about the manga and anime series Spy Family. So that's been my assignment. That's what I've been reading. So that's what we're talking about. What about you, Kendra? I've never read that one. (laughs) Well, I've read the first six volumes now, so i got to put in the rest of the series before (laughs) we record. So If I come on this show do i get to make you guys watch vanderpump rules or something oh my god <laughs> I mean, yes. all 11 yeah, sure. seasons of vanderpump sure. rules sure i just started oh, season god. six so i haven't even okay. seen it all all right anyway i miss me 91 on twitter and i also have another podcast called 90s music got me like where we talk about 90s music that's right sometimes it's every other week sometimes it's every three weeks every, mo- every month it's <laughs> it's you know it it, but there's plenty of episodes for you to listen to if you've never listened to it before so check it out you drop episodes like mcdonald's drops the mcrib you never know when it's coming but when it does you're you're thankful (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly all right 9021 here we go (laughs) 